time, Shaq revealed that he sent a message your way. Can you share with us Who? what Shaq said he had a message for you? I don't know what message Shaq had. So he didn't send a message to you? I don't know. I saw something that he he, he said I'll score 27. Um, I don't know if that was the message, uh, but he predicted good enough. All right. Well, we'll have to revisit that. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Wednesday morning. We have all the playoff action from the association in the bubble. I'm Jared Weiss. I am joined by Mo Dekeel with Andrew Schlecht voting for Andre Drummond for Defensive Player of the Year as we speak. Coming up on today's show, the draft has moved back. Playoff P returns. Giannis is the defensive king. But first, the Nuggets, they live to fight another day. They beat the Jazz 117-107 to to make it a 3-2 series lead for Utah now. And we had once again another fantastic battle between Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray absolutely tore this game apart in the second half, Mo. Hey, he was unbelievable. Like, he just went completely nuclear. 16 points in the third quarter, 17 points in the fourth quarter to kind of put it away. And, you know, going into halftime, it really felt like, wow, the Nuggets are going to be packing their bags here. And, I mean, Murray just got hot. And this is something we've seen throughout the series. 36 in game one with an amazing overtime, uh, fourth quarter in overtime. 42 points. I'm sorry. 50 points in their last game when they lost, and then 42 points tonight. Like, he was just unbelievable. Yeah, him and Jokic, 73 points between the two of them. <laughs> That's uh, he actually had eight rebounds. And Jamal had eight rebounds and eight assists. He was the one with all the numbers, the big man numbers, instead of Jokic in this game. Um, but the shots that he was making were insane. It was, you know, let's go to the end of the third quarter. And Utah, they're trying to trap him way up top, and he's just kind of spinning out of these traps, flying into the paint. He had a 360 uh, layup in the air at one point. Keep going through the fourth quarter. Great pull-ups from the elbow. Late in crunch time, there was a weird deflection that somehow ends up going right to him, wide open on the elbow. He buries a three. That was huge. And then right at the end there, taking Donovan Mitchell ISO, hitting two just like perfect step backs from that left mid-range elbow area. And then the final one to really win it, which was that driving kick to Jokic, who was in the corner of all people, who hits that rainbow three. It, it just kind of felt weird to see the Nuggets running in kind of an isolation offense through Jamal Murray, where Jokic is kind of this like auxiliary shooter. He ended up going seven for 11 from three in this game. Yeah, but I think that was part of the adjustment that the the Nuggets made at halftime. You know, like, hey, let's just spread the floor and let Jamal cook. Like, he was struggling a little bit with the pick and roll. It also kind of forced Gobert, you know, with Jokic out on the wing and in the corners. It means uh, Gobert is not in the paint. So it becomes a little bit of an issue there, and it makes it harder for him to rotate over. And that's how he was able to find... That's how Murray was able to find Jokic in the corner for that big three and things like that. Like, it just kind of opened things up. It was just a, honestly, I think it was just an adjustment at halftime where they just said, look, spread the floor and let's just let our man cook. Why do you think Jamal Murray is playing at this level now when we just weren't really seeing it most of the year on a consistent basis? I think some of its maturation, I think, is just a, a process and, you know, there. Listen, he's had two duds of games 
in the in the playoffs. You know, I think fourteen and thirteen in between these these big explosions. So it's not necessarily that he's fully consistent. I mean, he had two games in a row where he's been phenomenal, and I think we're we're maybe getting ahead of ourselves. But this is growth too, though, Jared. Like this is the way it goes. He's still a young player. I don't even think he's twenty four yet, and I think it just takes a process and I think this is we're, we're watching him grow right before our eyes and same thing with Donovan Mitchell it's the same on the other side even though they didn't win tonight we're watching him grow through this series as well yeah well Jamal may not be 24 yet but he flipped that around with 42 points in 42 minutes so at least we have a palindrome going there you see how uh, I did yeah, that on ma- purpose you see how I did yeah. that on purpose not at all on purpose but I'm going to claim it we don't call you mathematics mo for no reason around here oh, but that's a new Don- one <laughs> Donovan Mitchell he had he had 30 points only 30 points how disappointing he did have at least one of the best tomahawk jams of the year uh, where he went right at Michael Porter Michael Porter did did not rotate in time to get his body in front of him, and he just yacked like crazy. And uh, he did—he did, he did okay. rotate in time to be on the poster, which is all that matters, right? You just <laughs> you, uh, all press is good press. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, actually, speaking of Porter, he's coming off the bench in this one. He has 15 points on five for 11 shooting. Um, I mean, what do you think of the way Denver, you know, they get back into this. They have him coming off the bench. Paul Millsap's only playing 19 minutes in this game. Do you like the way that that rotation, I guess, gives them? Do you like how it gets them, I guess, to the end of the game where you have Porter closing at the end of the game anyway? I mean, he's another offensive weapon. I think ultimately it comes down to can he just do enough defensively so it doesn't hurt you? You know, and and we saw it in this game. There were times where you were just watching the Jazz would try to target him and put him in pick and rolls, and that's how they would get easy baskets and things like that. I feel like the whole thing, you know, it's a it's a balance. You know, he's going to give you some stuff offensively, but can you live with what he's going to give up for you defensively? I mean, he was late rotating over on that Mitchell stuff, jokes aside, but, you know, he was getting torched, and it's a hard decision for Mike Malone to have to figure out, like, how am I going to go about this? You know, this is great minutes for the kid, and for him to close shows some trust there, and part of it is a little bit of injuries, and they're kind of their hands forced, but... You know, this is going to help him in the long run, and hopefully he'll begin to understand, like, hey, I got to defend better on the other end so I could be on the floor for these big moments. Yeah. And a quick shout out to PJ Dozier. It's been, I, I covered him in the G League last year, and it's been such a treat to see him really emerge as a valuable eighth man for this Nuggets team. Um, you know, keeping Bates Chop and Bulbul out of the rotation here as they really tighten things up going through the series. Um, but. I want to look at the stat lines here because there is some amazing symmetry going on. For one, backup centers, Tony Bradley, Mason Plumley, five minutes each, which is surprising for Mason Plumley, who's usually a hefty part of the rotation. Field goals, 43 for uh, of 85 for Denver, 39 to 78 for Utah. Doesn't sound that similar, but percentage-wise, 50.6 to 50.0. Three-point shooting, 16 for 35 for Denver, 16 for 34 by Utah. Free throw shooting, 15 for 16 for Denver, 13 for 16 from Utah. You're sensing something here. There's a lot of similarities. Assists, 22 (laughs) assists to 23 assists. I mean, these teams are just, it seems like the gap is finally tightening to the point that even though Utah has had the momentum and has a 3-2 series lead, it feels almost like the pressure could be on them even in game six. 
Yeah, well, I think that's kind of the way you look at it. I think the their shooting in the third quarter is really what let them down. I think they only had seven made field goals and had five turnovers. So, I mean, that says a lot right there, and that allowed the Nuggets back into this game. But I think the pressure shifts now a little bit, right? I think you go up from up 3-1 to, okay, now it's 3-2. We should close this out here in game six because we don't want to go to a game seven because then it's even more pressure and all the momentum's in Denver's direction. And I think that's an important thing here. And I think it'll be interesting to watch and see how the Jazz come out in game six because it's, it's they're not playing for their playoff lives, but this one really is an important one for them because you want to shut this down as quickly as possible. Live sports are back, and it's very possible that we may see an NBA playoff matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets. And that's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure that your Nuggets are as safe as possible when that matchup happens. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And I would know about that because I have tried grooming downstairs, and I thought it was never going to happen again because it went very, very poorly the first time. And then I discovered a lawnmower 3.0, not 2.0, but 3.0. And it's the best hygiene tool for the modern man because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, which already sounds somehow both seductive and protective at the same time. Your snags will be reduced. They actually just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add on to their lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools and it includes slash tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file so you can get those fingertips looking perfect. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved lawnmower waterproof cordless body trimmer. You can trim anywhere you want. You want to go down to a waterfall and get your pubes trimmed down there? Why the hell not? You do what you want and you can wear the Performer Boxer Brief that it comes with on your way over there so you don't go to jail and a travel bag for you to use when we're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver, that is an anti-chafing ball deodorant, which it is late August and you sure as hell are going to need that if you're going outside. And then you have the Crop Reviver, which is a spray-on toner that's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. That's right, even a witch named Hazel agrees that you should be using the Crop Reviver. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Take your grooming game to the next level. All right, let's move over to the Clippers and Mavericks. The Clippers, they scored 154 points, so do I even need to tell you what the Mavericks scored at this point? Uh, they win. They won 154 to 111. Uh, they won by a lot of points, <laughs> and uh, it was it was one of those rare games where usually it was a blowout the whole time, and usually the blowout, it hits like 30 points, and then it kind of recedes back, gets a little bit closer towards the end. They ended up winning by, I, I, think, I think it peaked at 45 was the lead, I think, at the end. They ended up winning by 43, so they ended up not le- uh, having their biggest lead as their final lead, but still, an absolute massacre. Uh, Luka Doncic only plays 31 points, only has 22 points. I'm sorry, 31 minutes, only has 22 points, so clearly one of those nights where they, they just kind of had to throw in the towel, because playoff P, he returned, and 
it was just so apparent from the get-go that he was locked in and he felt his rhythm. And Mo, you could just see him come down the floor with the ball and he would just flow into a pull-up three-pointer as if there was nobody around him. It was pretty incredible. Yeah, no, he was amazing tonight. And, you know, after all the struggles, a ton of jokes on social media and things like that, he really kind of came in. And not just him, the whole team came in with like, we are going to just destroy you tonight. And, you know, they blew it open with a 28-6 to six run at the end of the first quarter. I mean, it was really from the f- half of the first quarter to the end where they just went completely ballistic on the, the Mavs. And I think defensively they made some adjustments. I think they started to trap Luca more. I think they started to make it a bit more difficult mixing up coverages really difficult when you don't have Porzingis and you know this time the Clippers were able to game plan knowing Porzingis wasn't going to be there and I think that makes a big difference in, in the situation and I think I mean, gosh there's not much you could say the Clippers just came and put the beat down on them now you said that there were jokes online about Paul George I'm sure there were jokes with him and not at his expense right I mean that wouldn't happen that's Paul George. I mean you know that's not at all how the internet operates you know it's it's I think it was the dark web that had the jokes and and and, and everybody else was perfectly behaved okay I'll have to boot up my tour client and uh, be sure to go check those out uh, I, I don't know if that's how the dark web works I assume so uh, Kawhi Leonard also had a great game 32 points he went 12 for 19 from the field PG by the way 12 for 18 from the field at only 25 minutes that's pretty incredible um, but Kawhi he was awesome uh, dunk in the first quarter where he's just kind of like it seemed like walking towards the hoop and then jumps from the dotted circle off two feet and somehow go-go gadget launched all the way to the rim that just seemed physically impossible after watching it four times uh, he played with this level of composure where just kind of like George it didn't seem like he even noticed the Dallas defense out there I guess at this point do you feel like this is the point of no return on this series I want to say so, but, you know, you never know. Like, I've seen this Clipper team have this kind of performance and then put up a dud the next night. And, you know, one thing we've learned is don't count out the Mavericks. And in this series, Luka can go off. They might get Porzingis back next game. Like, it's not, you know, I think most likely this thing ends in six. But I wouldn't just, like, put the nail in the coffin for the uh, Mavs just yet. Yeah, sorry to bury the lead on that, by the way. Chris Sops, he didn't play in this one. That obviously hurts them a little bit. He's only their second best player. But that gave them a lot of latitude to load up on Luka. And they were trapped. They would have Kawhi on him. And then they would have Zubac get up there and trap him 30 feet out. And, you know, obviously this is a huge part of the maturation process for superstars. How do they handle when teams blitz them straight up? And Luca definitely struggled with that tonight. And do you think that this could be, I mean, I guess there's only going to be one more game at a minimum, possibly maximum. But do you see this as kind of a recipe against Luca for defenses trying to stall, uh, stall him out? I mean, it's not a new recipe at all, Jared. This is what I was expecting the Clippers to be doing since game one, even with the healthy Porzingis on the court. You know, the problem for the Mavs is I think they're just one more piece away, another ball handler to take the pressure off of Doncic and to help other guys get get the ball and get, get their touches and get their feel. So I think this is the, the normal recipe. This is the one that has been, been handed down around the league. I just don't know why it took the Clippers so long to get to it. 
Uh, well, the Trey Burke disrespect on the ding once again is very real. What a shame. Um, oh, what Rick did Carlisle, he do tonight? Okay, well, what did he do tonight then? <laughs> well, what did he do tonight? He went six for 11 with 15 points. Hey, that's so, not too shabby. Not too shabby. They Two still, assists. Still yeah. lost by 40. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I don't have the plus minus in front of me right now, but I'd imagine it's not too good for him. No, it's um, not. I'm looking at it. It's not. I'm just going to leave it there. I'm not even going to slander him much more. No, than please, that. please, please tell me what it is. I want to hear this number. I hope it's over 40. No, it, it wasn't over 40. It was minus 24. He played less than 30 minutes. And, uh, you okay. know, it is what it is. Were there any like crazy plus minuses in there for some, there's gotta be like one player with like a minus 70 or something like that. No, the minus 27 for Seth Curry who played 23 minutes. Ugh, it's so disappointing. Oh, well, um, Boban's defense was terrible. We already went through that in the pre-show. You don't get to hear it. Uh, Rick Carlisle, he got ejected in the third quarter after the refs allowed a clipper challenge that he felt went way too long after the 30-second limitation. Um, Likelihood that Rick just wanted to go get in the hot tub before everybody else. I mean, that's at least 50% of it. Okay. Yeah, I'd take the over on that probably. And then Montrez Harrell, he got subbed out late in the game after Doc had him play garbage time. And then he just walked straight to the locker room after getting subbed out during the game, which was pretty incredible. So there must be some sort of mad rush to the hot tub at the Grand Casino these days. Uh, anything else before we uh, move on to news that you thought was interesting from this game? There was not a lot of things interesting in this <laughs> That was game. what I was hoping you would say. Getting to the news, and we have plenty to talk about here. The NBA and the MBPA, they agreed to another 60-day extension on the CBA modification deadline to October 15th. Um, I don't think there's anything to really discuss there, but uh, you know, there's obviously questions about what the cap level will be next year and how that could affect this offseason's free agency and things of that nature. And uh, I believe Woj reported that they're probably going to try to keep it about the same, but we will keep you posted as we hear more. But one thing that we did hear something much more, I guess, notable would be that they're clearly moving back at the start of next season. Adam Silver said that that was probably going to be the case during the lottery. Woj at ESPN reported that he's looking to get it towards the back of the back end of December to early January. We've heard timeframes ranging from late January to early March, apparently with Michelle Roberts telling some players that could be the case. And now we're seeing late December to early January. Mo, I guess I'm curious for you, what do you, if you were let's say you were running a team and you should be but let's just let's just make it a hypothetical for now what would you prefer would you rather have like that extra month and a half and start in march and then just have a season that runs through the end of the summer or would you rather get started in late december early january gosh there's so many things that go into it jared i mean if you're a team that's played in the bubble you probably want a little more time for for rest if you're a team that hasn't played a game since march you know, you, you're probably chomping at the bits and, and want to play. And now we're looking at, you know, as ownership's looking, it's how likely are we to have a vaccine and, and can we have fans in, in the arenas? There's way too many things to get put in there. I just think, I think any point in December is too early to think that we're going to get basketball. I think most likely, would, if I had to guess, would be mid-January at its earliest. 
All right, well, I'm going to do my first self-promotion uh, of this section, which is that uh, John Krasinski, our Wolves writer, and I just published a massive long form on The Athletic about the NBA's new testing breakthrough where they cr- they helped work with Yale to create a saliva-based test that you can do at a high frequency and that this could be the, one of the big keys to getting fans back in arenas early next year or even later this year. So that will certainly have a big impact to be sure to keep an eye on that, and you can go read that over on the athletic let's move on to the defensive player of the year award it went to Giannis he had a 432 point total out of the voting scoring system and next was AD at 200 points so he won this overwhelmingly Rudy Gobert came in third place at 187 Ben Simmons 32 points in fourth place Bam Adebayo fifth place with 17 and then Marcus Smart and Patrick Beverly tied for six with seven points which I believe was the highest that a guard has been in the voting since uh, Tony Allen in 2013 although obviously we could put Ben Simmons at uh, four but Ben Simmons is definitely Definitely uh, pretty big for a guard. Uh, but, I mean, is Giannis, was that an easy call for you as Defensive Player of the Year, Mo? I mean, it was a no-brainer. I think he was the best defensive player on the best defensive team. And that's not a shot at Brook Lopez because I know there's a lot of people felt very upset that Brook Lopez was not in the top three. But Right here. Okay, well, let me, let me put it to you this way, though, Jared. I'm not upset because I think a lot of what Brook gets to do defensively is because Giannis is so good at his part of the job. And it's a yin and yang and things like that. So I think there's an element there where Giannis is so good defensively that it, it, it makes the job a little bit easier for Brooks. So uh, that's not to take anything away from Brook. He's been phenomenal defensively this year. But overall, I just think it's a no-brainer. It was Giannis. No, that's how sports discourse works. If you praise Giannis, that means you're saying Brook Lopez sucks and doesn't deserve any accolades. And did I did I, this uh, did this just get end up on the dark web all of a sudden? Like what just happened? <laughs> all right. Speaking of the dark web, Elton Brand is in a dark web of trouble right now because he has to make the Sixers not suck. And he fired Brett Brown. Oh, well, I don't know if he fired Brett Brown, but somebody there fired Brett Brown and they need a new coach. But before they have to do that, before they do that, they have to figure out what do they do with their roster. He said that he's not looking to break up Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, saying, quote, I'm looking to compliment them better. Maybe getting rid of Al Horford will help. Uh, the Sixers, they are looking at Ty Lu reportedly, uh, as well as Ime Udoka, Dave Yeager, and Jay Wright's name, Villanova coach, keeps coming up as somebody who will replace Brett Brown. Uh, a lot of interesting options there. The Raptors and the Celtics are considering boycotting game one of their second round series Thursday because of the shooting of Jacob Blake by police in Wisconsin and the incredible impact that it has had on everybody in the bubble and everyone around the country. And so on Tuesday, Norm Powell, Fred Van Vliet and Marcus Smart all expressed interest in a boycott. Uh, Nick Nurse even said that he would be he would listen to the players if they wanted to have a boycott. Brad Stevens said that he has not had that discussion yet with his players, but they do expect to have that discussion. The players insisted that it's something that they're all going to have to discuss between their own teams and with each other. And you can go to The Athletic to read Eric Kareen's report on what the Raptors said. And I also have a report up on The Athletic on what the Celtics said. Uh, there's an incredible amount of depth to that story and I highly recommend reading up on it and on that note after the Clippers game on Tuesday night Doc Rivers gave an incredibly powerful and impassioned speech about the Jacob Blake shooting it's, it's just ridiculous 
and it just keeps getting, it keeps going. Uh, there's no charges. Breonna Taylor, no charges, nothing. All we're asking is you live up to the Constitution. That's all we're asking for everybody, for everyone. Injuries for Wednesday. No Russell Westbrook for Game 5 of Houston and OKC, and then no Dame Lillard in an elimination game for Game 5 of the Blazers and the Lakers. Mo, which injury do you think has the bigger impact on their team? It's no question. It's Dame. It's not even a question, Jared. It's it, Dame's the, the reason they've made it into the playoffs. Dame's the reason why they won Game 1. You know, there's no question beyond that. Like, it's, it's them, like, Plain and simple. I am so sorry I tossed you a softball. I'll try to be a worse friend next time. I can hit. I can hit them all. I can hit them all. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Whatever you throw my way, I can hit. That's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. We still have your favorite shows like the Athletic NBA Show, No Dunks, Tampering, and House of Strauss, plus over a dozen team-specific shows available from some of your favorite Athletic Beat writers. And do not forget to follow on the app to get notifications for new episodes and utilize the podcast episode comment section. You can tell Dave his beard looks great. You can tell Mo his his takes are trash whatever you need to do and if you're not a member of the athletic you're in luck because you can get all of our podcasts ad free plus you can get some fantastic writing from across all of the major sports all for a super low price you can get a subscription today just by going to theathletic.com slash daily ding that's theathletic.com slash daily ding you never know when these promos end so you better get there soon and thank you as always for waking up with us mo Say ding ding, please. I don't know if I want to after that slander about my takes, but ding ding.